Hey there, AJ Cordero here, a co-host on the Hockey Flow. I've been podcasting since 2007, and I've seen many changes over the years. But the best one has been the introduction of Anchor. And here's why. It's because it's easy and it's free. Seriously, I've spent so much time, money, and effort to get something at this level back in the day. Now, with a push of a few buttons, all that time, money, and energy are spent producing the show rather than distributing it. Now, you might not think you need a podcast, and hey, maybe you don't. But don't think of a podcast just as a way to get your news, sports, and entertainment fixes. It can be a way to tell your family's stories, shine a light on your hobbies and communities, go in-depth for a love of your team, or discuss how to change the world. The possibilities are limitless. Anchor provides creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. They also distribute your podcast so you can be heard on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Overcast, and every player that supports an RSS feed. You can even make money from your podcast with no minimum requirement on the size of your audience. Don't waste a second. Download the free Anchor app on your smartphone today or go to anchor.fm to get started. Do it. Seriously. The world is waiting to hear your story. This is The Hockey Flow. It's a brand new show that we're bringing to you that brings Marco D'Amico and Adam Boucher to your beautiful ears. And my name is AJ Cordero. I hope you're doing okay. You might recognize us from some other shows that we've done before, but this is a brand new version of this show. We want to tell you the greatest hockey stuff, and we're not going to waste a second more. I'm going to bring you scrimmageandstats.com's Marco D'Amico, which, uh, again, you can find him on Twitter at The Hockey Expert, and, of course, the amazing Adam Boucher. Ah, gentlemen, how are you doing this week? Pretty good. Hockey's back, guys, so that's... uh... Not only is hockey back, guys... But hockey's back and it's being done properly. Mm-hmm. Holy shit. Yeah. The NHL is a leading organization in the organization against COVID. How, what, what, how, I don't know. <laughs> no, I know so, exactly. Like, I, I mean, this it, is, this is, how is it like, competence this, from the NHL is what you're saying, right? Well, like competence, <laughs> but like priorities, um, good open communication, uh, properly thought out strategy. Like this is, this is a league that not what 10, 15 years ago had to cancel an entire season because they just couldn't come to terms on like two or three things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I it's I don't know, man. I, uh, I really tip my hat to them on top of this working out. Well, we won't have a lockout for the next six years minimum. Like, this is a huge win for hockey fans all over the world. I agree. It wasn't a win for Canadians fans last night, unfortunately. Uh, Hell yeah, it was. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll get into that it. debate in a second. For most normies, it wasn't a win, losing to your rivals in Toronto. Although we had that weird moment where, of course, they were having to be stationed inside of the loose locker room, which was very strange and all kinds of dirty. But in any case, uh, we didn't win. That's not a par for the course. They mm-hmm. had a better two shorthanded goals. Uh, a pretty brutal ending, to be honest. I'm gonna just quickly get your take on this because we want to get right into the playoff picture before. Uh, so let's start. Let's start off just quickly. What were your thoughts, Adam, on last night's matchup? So I actually got back from work. I started uh, watching the Pittsburgh and uh, Philly matchup. Uh, I, I watched the third period, and it wasn't that exciting at all. Montreal and uh, Toronto were actually. I mean, the intensity was there, 
it was a great matchup, great match, great uh, great hockey from start to finish. Uh, wasn't too impressed about what the Habs put out there, but I mean, it's the first one back, right? So still have to still have adjustments to do. And uh, as Marco said, it kind of is a win for the Habs fans, certainly. hoping to draft higher. So. Uh, certainly there's definitely rust on those wheels, but I mean, Marco, those wheels kind of came off the train. What train? <laughs> Seriously, like, and this is my issue with Canadian fans. This was the eighth worst team in the league during the pause, and it was just about to get worse. Did you think they were magically going to fucking get better by themselves? No. No, no, they weren't. So the only thing you can look at is players that can actually get better during off seasons, and those are young players that are still growing into their bodies. Mm-hmm. So what did I think about the young players last night? Ah, I'm glad you asked me. Um, when it really comes down to it, if you look at the way that Kotkaniemi played yesterday, if you look at the way that Nick Suzuki played yesterday, these are all guys, even to an extent, Kale Fleury, uh, these are all guys that started the game, in my opinion, each of their first shifts were horrendous. Horrendous. Suzuki, uh, his first PK, uh, immediate goal. <laughs> so it's... there's not much you can do other than live with the growing pains, but as they got used to the game, they took over. And I feel like if you look at the two best centers from Montreal yesterday, they were both under the age of 20 or 20 and under, which is fun, but also it's an exhibition game. I think what scares me the most is it's an exhibition game. And Jordan wheel was your second most used Ford. Uh, or third, sorry, and then Domi was your second. Two guys that were playing on the fourth line. So uh, there's a lot to look in, into this game and a lot of discussion to be had. Um, but I will say that in terms of what I care about, because I know this team isn't going anywhere past maybe like game four against Pittsburgh, uh, what I'm looking for are signs of life from the young core. Uh, and we saw it yesterday. Interesting. Okay, so I think we should we spelt enough time on that. Uh dumpster fire of a, of, an, of, a, of a game last night. Let's get to the main matchups, which we're thinking about. And actually, we should, we should just go directly. We'll continue with the Montreal Canadiens thread and talk about the Montreal Canadiens versus the Pittsburgh Penguins. So there's a lot of contending factors here and a lot of emotions. Obviously, the Canadiens fans are just happy to see playoff hockey for the first time in how many years? In any case. 2017, bro. Yeah. Well, I mean, how, well, how many years before that? What they like 2015? Yeah, so it's been it's been a little bit lackluster comparatively to this history of the club, but uh, I think that in overall we're treading in the right direction. But what it comes down to is whether or not we'll see those epic performances from players. So obviously, I want to have your takes on this, Adam. Let's start off with you. What are you thinking? What do you think that? What are the th- the big thematic stories that have to take place in this series? Uh, well, first of all, the no brainer is Carey Price has to steal. It has to steal the show. It has to steal games, not just one. Uh, and yeah, we need to see it. Well, at least from Montreal's side, we need to see uh, the MVP carry price. We need to see a great showing from their younger players. Um, I think we all know what uh, the top line is that no Tatar and Gallagher are bringing to the table. But I think we need more, especially against Pittsburgh, which is, in my opinion, one of could be one of the teams that comes out from the East. 
um, especially how healthy they are right now. They haven't been healthy all season long, so it's 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 going to be one of Pittsburgh's best performances, I think, uh, this season so far. Let me throw it over to you, Marco. What are you thinking about this series? Uh, I mean, let's take the opposite end. What are you thinking for Pittsburgh? What's the big thematic elements of that particular team? Honestly, uh, it's for me. It's goalie. It, it their their story is a net for me. Uh, I was watching yesterday attentively, specifically because I figured you were going to ask me about them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I must say that, you know, a lot of the talk is playoff experience, playoff experience, playoff experience, you know, that usual trope. And, you know, just looking at them, uh, Matt Murray, like, I get he came into a very, very easy situation in Pittsburgh and was kind of seen as a savior, but I've been saying this time and time again, he's looking more and more like the second coming of Cam Ward uh, and less so uh, the Patrick Roy of this franchise. I honestly believe that Tristan Jarry is the better goalie right now, and I think that Tristan Jarry is the guy that is probably going to end up stealing the spot if he falters in any way versus the Canadians. Uh, so really for that, that was it. The other X factor is John Marino on defense. And, and for me, if anybody watched the game last night, John Marino uh, is the first defenseman in the last 10 years, I would say, for the Pittsburgh Penguins that even comes up to Chris Latin's ankles when it comes to just ability and, and transition and smarts. Uh, so he's going to factor in huge into any Canadian's game, play, uh, game plan versus the Pittsburgh Penguins. And then obviously whether or not Evgeny Malkin decides to, to go Superman uh, or to come into the arena with Kryptonite. Uh, really one of the uh, one guy that I don't understand. Uh, I, I can't seem to put my finger on it, but he's just so hot and cold at times. Uh, and then obviously the consistent play of Sidney Crosby. So it's a good... Yeah. So Sorry, go ahead, Adam. Sorry. So to come back to Marino, if... For, for the ones that watched the game yesterday, we could see them pair up Marino and Letan on the power play, which was pretty crazy, if Marco, I'm sure you agree with me. Yeah, I think that was um, an embarrassment of riches on one power play. I mean, and for the Habs to go against Letan, the first pair, and then it's, they get Marino on this a second pair type of thing, or even if they're, they're together, I think that's yeah, that's going to be a challenge for them for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so let's uh, let's get to the real part here, the predictions. So what are we thinking here? Any chance the Habs walk out with this? And somehow I don't see it. I think no way. Now. I think they steal the first game. I think most people, uh, all of us, we kind of agreed on that. Uh, maybe stealing the first game and then proceeding to fall apart in the next three. No, I honestly, the strength of Pittsburgh in terms of wingers, is on the right side right now. Uh, the way that they're playing, uh, Connor Sheary on the left, and you have uh, Gensel on the right, uh, even Brian Rust on the right. Uh, they, they're so stacked that even if one line takes the day off, the other line is going to be dominant. They control the puck. The only way the Canadians win is if Murray shits the bed. It's the only way. And I think that Steve Sullivan is not going to give him much rope. So if he lets in one or two bad goals, immediately you'll see Tristan Jerry jump in because there's no room for error even for Pittsburgh versus a team like Montreal. So personally speaking, I would like the series to go as long as it can with a Montreal loss, but I just don't see it. I think Montreal loses in three. 
Adam, I'll take your thoughts on this one. I think I have to go Pittsburgh in four. Uh, I think Montreal is going to steal one. I think it has to be one of the first two games-ish. But I think uh, with Carey Price and Ned, I think he has to steal one to even give them a chance. So I think, yeah, he steals one of the first two for sure. I mean, there's no question here that Pittsburgh has the clear edge in pretty much every category. You think of forwards, defense, special teams, just unbelievable. Yes, Canadians have possession, but like possession is only one part of it. And I think they have definitely an edge and goal, but I'm going to go Pittsburgh in four. So, yay! So anyway, so that's, we're done with that preview. Let's move on to the other actual NHL matchups that will matter. Let's start off again uh, with the uh, same conference. Let's go with the New York Rangers and the Carolina Hurricanes. It is quite the battle also between the pipes in this series. Marco, I'm going to take ask you, what do you take off first? What do you think are the big takeaways for this particular series? Which series? Sorry, it, it the cut. New York Rangers versus the Carolina Hurricanes. Ooh, my favorite series. Really? Honest yeah. to God, it's the closest series. It's the series where I think the two teams are just so damn close. And it's two teams that absolutely dominated it at with their special teams, right? Like, if you look at the Rangers with Panarin and Zabinijad on that first wave, Jesus. I'm just very, very excited to see how this is going to play out. Uh, now it's been released that the Hurricanes will m- might not be able to have uh, Dougie Hamilton ready in time. So that might give the Rangers an edge early on. However, I don't think this is going to be a short series. I think this is going to go five games. Uh, however... The, just the overall depth, uh, the quality of their three goaltenders, um, the youth uh, that's just pushing and getting better and better every day. I think the Rangers will take this in five. All right, let me throw it over to you, Adam. What do you think in this particular series? What oh, were the big storylines? I mean, I mean, obviously the big thing I could think of right off the top was, is Dougie Hamilton going to be healthy, right? That's a big question mark in this particular series. What do you think? I mean, if... if- if he's not healthy, if he's not ready to go, that's a big, big loss for uh, for Carolina. He's arguably one of their best player, if not the best player. Um, but I still think it's going to play out in net. I mean, we have two goalies for Carolina. We have three for New York that could potentially start. Um, if I'm not mistaken, we have no idea whatsoever which one's going to start for either team. Um, I think it's safe yeah. that it's safe to say that Chesterkin is going to start for the Rangers. Yeah, mostly, but nothing's. Uh, I mean, nothing's official for now. In Carolina, you have uh, Mrazek that's been pretty good this year, but you also have Reimer that's been even better when he's healthy. So we don't even know. Um, I think if Carolina Carolina is going to pull off this, uh, the win in this series has to play on defense. So they. Have, if they have everyone healthy, they have Hamilton, they have Slavin, uh, they have Brady Shea, and they have Vatanen, who's their new acquisition. Uh, but honestly, I see I see New York uh, getting the better end on, on that series. I, I just see Pat Panarin and Zibanejad, just the duo keep on rolling like they did at the end of the season there. So in any case, let's get to the good stuff, which is the predictions. What are we thinking in the predictions? Adam, I'm going to throw it over to you. I'm going to go New York in five, actually. Ooh. Yeah. I'm going to go five games, New York Rangers, and I think they, they keep on rolling in after the strong end of the season they got before the shutdown. All right. Marco, what do you think in that particular matchup? Guys, I said it before, Rangers in five. I think that they are the team that was outside of the playoffs. Uh, at the start of the pause that had the most amount of momentum going into that stretch. 
I think that they're a team that when everybody was healthy showed that they can be, they can hang with some of the best teams in the league. Like if you look, we're talking about like Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh lost 10 of their last 15 games before the pause. And they were just like, they were number two in the NHL standing wise in like early January or mid January. And they were on the outside looking in. I think they were uh, almost a wild card team by the end of it, just because they did so poorly. Meanwhile, you have the Rangers who were actually like seventh to last in January, who went on an absolute tear and wound up, what, three points out of a playoff spot. So really, I think that the Rangers are the team that the dark horse team in this playoffs because they have all these elements coming together at the right time. Interesting. I mean, this is a podcast. Usually there is some disagreement, but again, we've agreed on both the series. I'm going to also say New York and five. I just think that they're. That battle defense, that goaltending situation will might be ironed up, but I think it will go to a hard-fought series and will be ended in five. Let's move over to the another conference now. Let's talk about the Blackhawks versus the Edmonton Oilers. A phenomenal matchup in many ways. Uh, I'm going to throw it over to you, Marco. What are your first impressions of looking at these this particular series? Well, I had to go and look at the most important detail of, that, of this series for me that's kind of up in the air, and that was the health of Corey Crawford. Uh, as it seems, it looks like Corey Crawford is good to go and he's in practice. So this series just got a little bit more interesting. Although if anybody watched the Oilers last night, you think that the, uh, you would honestly think that they, uh, they, they would steamroll, uh, the Blackhawks, but I feel like the Blackhawks core has the experience, the know-how, um, and the skill to really, to keep up with McDavid and Dreisaitl. Uh, my question is, then what do you do with Ryan Nugent Hopkins and Kaylor Yamamoto? Uh, because I do not think that Kirby Duck uh, as a second line center uh, will necessarily be able to match up. And if the Oilers are in, are intelligent because they hold a whole nice advantage, that is a line that they could absolutely shred uh, to bring it uh, to Kirby Duck and, and Patrick Kane. Uh, because Although on paper that looks good, they are not a very good five-on-five line. And I feel like Ryan Nugent Hopkins or McDavid could absolutely run circles around Kirby Dak. Um, not because Kirby Dak's a, young, uh, a bad player. The kid's 18 years old, uh, maybe just turned 19. But ultimately, like if, if the Blackhawks want to live and die with their youth, well, then they're making a categorical decision knowing that the Oilers can exploit that Um and I'm, I'm willing to bet that they do. And I'm willing to bet that the Oilers will win this. Uh, and I also need the Oilers to win this uh, because the Canadians own Chicago's second round pick. And that would be 40th overall if they lose. Adam, what are you thinking in this particular matchup? I, especially after seeing Edmonton play last night. I mean, I have to go Edmonton. Um, Ooh. Marco said Chicago still has their core, the experience. I mean, I saw a stat last night. You, you, you're looking at the top two youngest teams in those playoffs, in those play-ins, sorry. And Chicago is even younger than Edmonton, if I'm not mistaken. So, no. Edmonton's the youngest. Montreal's the second youngest. But Chicago's up, up there. Chicago's, yeah. Chicago's like bottom 10, I think. But that's also because they left Brent Seabrook at home, right? Like that, just having Brent Seabrook on the team would have vaulted them to like 14, 13. It's my thing, right? That's cap casualties for you. But yeah, they're, they're absolutely a young team. Go on, Adam. 
Oh, I think we might have lost Adam. In any case, we will keep going. Uh, so in, in my particular view, I think the X Factor is obviously Connor McDavid. You you look at this guy, he's the real deal, a captain. He just looked he's looked so good. And I mean, he's taken on far different, more difficult defensive teams than the Blackhawks. And yes, Corey Crawford can be very interesting in that sort of regard, but it's, I mean, in between a toss up, oh, yeah, we definitely lost him. So um, hopefully he'll join back but in. You see, like, there's a point to be made, though. Edmonton's defense, well, actually, both of these teams' defenses are filled with young players and unproven. Vet, you know, unproven players, and then you have like the stable veteran in Clefbaum and Duncan Keith on each side. Other than that, I don't think I don't see like this is going to be rope a dope hockey. This is going to be like I don't know that there's going to be much defending going on in this series. It's going to be a high tempo series, which is why I'm excited to see it. Oh, of course, but this is also yeah, as a fan, I, it's going to be end to end action. Oh yeah, but I feel like that plays into Edmonton's game. If they play a high tempo north south game and they don't slow it down, that benefits Edmonton entirely. Because for the first time in years, they have two rolling lines. The inclusion of Kaylor Yamamoto within the top six with Ryan Nugent Hopkins has absolutely changed the Oilers. Uh, and I really feel like it's going to be the determining factor. Quick question while waiting for hopefully Adam to reconnect back in. But do you think Tippett goes with Mike Smith or does he go with Mika Koskinen? I think after last night's game, he has to go with Koskinen. I am. Uh, this is really, I mean, it's kind of the, it's the good news in this case. I mean, they're, they're kind of really equal and they, I think they finished like fifth out of the West and like say winning percentage or something like that. Uh, so uh, Edmonton. Yeah. They were like sixth. They're, they're the sixth seeded team. Yeah. So overall. this could be, like this they, could be a game like, yes, and ending action, but like, this could be a, like a real goaltending will win you a championship or will you around? I doubt it. I think it's the other way around. You think so? I think it's going to, yeah, yeah. I think you have, if Crawford plays, I think it'll be just uh, it'll be what can your offense do for you kind of scenario. If Crawford doesn't play, may God have mercy on the Blackhawks. <laughs> I mean, uh, also penalties, right? I mean, uh, you take you take a look at um, Chicago. I mean, the penalty young players situation. get penalties. Mm-hmm. All right, so let's just sorry. Uh, go ahead. No, I was going to say, and that I think brings us to another series full of young players that are really fun to look at in the Western Conference. And that would be the series between the Vancouver Canucks and whom? The Minnesota Wild. Mm-hmm. So a should... team on the up and up and a team sinking. Okay, so let's just quickly give our predictions on this and hopefully can Adam can join back in in a few seconds. But uh, Blackhawks, Edmonton Oilers, who are you taking? How many games? Oilers and four. Oilers and four. Uh, I think that, that would be, Adam would be predicting the same thing. I'm going to go Hawks on this one. Um, just sort of break the monotony. I don't disagree with you guys on principle. But I do feel like the, the Hawks can sometimes surprise in a way that many teams don't. And so I'm going to give them Hawks and five. Uh, we'll see how it goes. Again, let's jump over to something completely different now. Let's talk about the Panthers and the Islanders. Barry Trotz versus Joe Quenville. The real coaching battle. So let's start off with you, Marco, because you're the only one in the combo at the moment. I have my, oh my thoughts. God. What are yours? Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a definitely a coaching combo. Yes, absolutely. And also problem a scoring that, combo, right? I mean, you're yeah, talking about Panthers. Problem is, problem is, is that the Panthers don't know how to play defense. Who cares? When, I, obviously, I'm playing devil's advocate here. Who cares? But, but I, I'm playing devil's look advocate. At, look for, at Florida's offense. Huberdeau, Hoffman, then, Barkov, right? If those people... Also, don't speak on Dandanov, uh, right? I mean, yeah. this is a really high-scoring team. And sure, I mean that's how you win games. But they're defense probably playing the team that best exemplifies a modern day. I track. know, I know. <laughs> playing Red Devils, I've so, getting full what's happening. It's, 
it's, you know, I've never seen a team have four shutdown lines and, you know, and, and I feel like the Islanders are that right now. They have four shutdown lines, very rope dope, very uh, New Jersey devils circa 2005, where they would just kind of let the goalie do his thing and let, you know, and, and the offense would just take advantage of turnovers or, or mistakes and just kind of be really opportunistic. And I think that's, what's going to happen here. Um, the Panthers don't have a savior coming in. There's nobody that's going to be able to help that defense. Uh, you know, Matheson is still there. Unfortunately, um, Keith Yandel is still a defensive liability. Aaron Eckbud really has got to take his game to the next level. And mm-hmm. Anton Strawman's got to go back to that consistency he's been known for because right now, if Corey Stillman can't save them as a rookie either. And Bobrovsky has got to live up to that $10 million contract. <laughs> Again, everyone on. brings up that $10 million number. Right, because this is the same team that's now looking to shed $10 million next season. And, I, and he's been horrible. He's struggling through the worst season of his career. Right, and they drafted a goalie thirteenth overall. I get it. So, uh, it's a real so like, X. Fa- it's a real X factor that could cause yeah, some serious back. issues. I, I, back I, again. <laughs> okay. Adam's back. Okay. Can we talk? Can we talk quickly no, about? Uh, let me throw it over to you, Adam. We're talking now Islanders and the Panthers. Uh, Marco seems to think that the uh, the Florida Panthers don't really have a chance here because even though they have those amazing high scoring offensive players, the defense doesn't exist. I mean, count me out here. If you're not, if you're a Panthers fan, what can you look onto? What you cling to for hope? It would be uh, for sure. First of all, looking at Bobrovsky to bounce back. I mean, they traded for him. They 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 gave him a payday. He hasn't showed up this year. Uh, I think if Florida stands any chance at all to to, to come out of this playing series against the Islanders, I think they have to to. To, to stand on a, a very strong Bobrovsky, a bit like the Habs are standing on the uh, Carey Price. Um, also, I think they have a great coach. I think uh, Quenville can, I mean, I think he he knows how to win in playoffs in the planes or, or whatsoever. And I also think Barkov and uh, Huberto need to, to be very strong because as Marco said, I think I have to agree there's no defense in whatsoever in Florida. Certainly. Um, obviously, um, the other factor in this series I want to bring up is Matt Barzell, right? I mean, you have a player here who's coming off an ELC, and he will be RFA eligible. This is a strong playoff series to really solidify his case for a monster payday. Wouldn't you agree, Marco? Yeah, monster payday. But you see, I, this is why I enjoy this. They, uh, The Islanders have $7 million open for them next year and have Barzal, Ryan Pollock and Devin Taze to sign along with other roster players that they need to add to make a 23 man roster. Uh, unless they feel like going with just 20 players like the Leafs did. So personally uh, a good performance from Barzal and the Islanders actually makes things even more interesting because he might ask for, you know, higher return on investment uh, so I definitely think that we're going to see a very motivated Barzal because as we've seen in contract negotiations, it's always about what have you done for me lately? No one's going to care that he had the best rookie season since Evgeny Malkin's 06, 07 season. No one's going to care. All they're going to care about is what you do when you were in the playoffs. Yes. The Islanders, you know, swept Pittsburgh last year. Uh, I don't even know if Pittsburgh showed up to those playoffs, but they then got swept. So 
you know, give and take. And Barzal has not lived up to the offensive ability that we saw uh, while he wasn't the number one center. And now that he is the number one center, now that John Tavares left, the offense seems to have dried up. Although many people attribute that to Barry Trott's system, uh, I would like to see a little bit more explosivity from Barzal. All right. So I guess one other thing to mention, J.G. Pajot. Yeah. What are we thinking there? What happens in this play? Bye, Barkov. Bye, bye, Barkov. No, no. If look, you you don't understand when I say this. Jean Gabriel Pajot reminds me of Claude Lemieux from back in the day. Like this guy is just—he's got a face you want to punch, but he's a player you love. It's it's. <laughs> I know exactly. He's so good at shutting down the play, and this guy. And what I appreciate the most about this guy is, is he's an elite third line center and a very very capable second line center. So if he's third on your depth chart, you're doing great. If he's second on your depth chart, then you're using that second line to shut down another line. And I feel like that's the line that when Florida actually does get last change in games three and four, they're going to use quite heavily against the Barkov line. And on top of that, he's a 26 goal scorer this year. So if you can get some offense as well. We've we've all seen players um, overachieve in contract years. Yeah, certainly. It's almost like as if they have an extra motivation to want to play And he's got his contract. He's already signed it. So, (laughs) we'll see. Less motivation, in my opinion. We'll see. Uh, Anyway, uh, let's get to the meal, meat, and potatoes of this, and that's the prediction. So, Adam, what are you thinking in this particular series? You taking Florida or are you taking New York? And once again, I have to go in four and I have to go with the Islanders. Ooh, Marco, what do you think in this particular situation? Islanders in three. Islanders in three. God damn. We got none I of honestly, this. I wouldn't be surprised. I honestly, like to be completely honest with you, I think Buffalo would have fared better against the Islanders than, than, than Florida. I honestly, like Florida is not going to look the same next year. It's fortuitous that they're part of this plane, but they're closer to rebuilding again than they are to competing. I, I don't disagree with anything you said. I'm just going to go with the Panthers in five, just because I, I got can't have all the same predictions in this. I do feel it would be in four and probably the Islanders, but I can't can't have the same predictions on every single series. No, it would be cool. Yeah, it would be cool. Uh, it probably is accurate. At the end of the day, we're, we're we all are hockey fans, and this is the thing. That, and I think hockey fans who are listening to the show, oh. and you'll know this. This is not exactly the playoffs. This is the qualifying round of the playoffs. So the series are a lot easier to predict you can kind of see the matchups coming a mile away and yes it is playoff hockey anything can happen but we'll see and i think the, some of the bigger storylines here will start to emerge now but uh, there is one thing that you did mention before that i think we should mention as well we spoke about how barzal is coming up with his new contract but dadanov is oh, also yes. thank you yes to be an unrestricted free agent yep and so is mike hoffman and we know that they're most likely going to get cut loose to save on payrolls. So it's in their best interest to perform offensively, which leads me to believe that it's going to be a high-tempo offensive structure that they're going to try to impose, whereas the Islanders are going to come in and try to just break that down and clog the neutral mm-hmm. zone. So it's going to be really fun to see who actually comes out on top on that matchup because if, if Hoffman has any semblance of what he's done in the playoffs for Ottawa, for Florida, then he's looking at easily a 7 to $8 million payday. So it should be fun. All right, let's move over to an all-Canadian matchup out west that we're so excited for, and that is the Calgary Flames versus the Winnipeg Jets. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah is right. Uh, this is quite the matchup. Uh, quite a lot of factors here at play. Goaltending, you have a Vesna Trophy, uh, a finalist at one end, uh, Talbot and Richich at the other end. Uh, guys, I mean, what are you thinking right now? Mark, i got to throw it over to you. What are you thinking? First, first, uh, tell me, walk me through this particular series. What are we thinking about? On, like, a team that I thought was a huge underachiever to start the year was the Winnipeg Jets. I feel like the Winnipeg Jets had a much better second half of the year this year. And I feel like that is more indicative of what their team is than where they were. I felt like them waiting on Bufflin to make up his mind kind of was a huge distraction for them. And it didn't allow them to kind of invest in areas where they needed help. Um, I think their acquisition of Brian DeMello during the trade deadline is a sneaky good acquisition. And it really comes out to round out their top four. And we already know that Winnipeg's top nine is ridiculously stacked. I mean, just stacked. So if those guys can really play their game, I don't see what Calgary's going to be able to do here. I really don't. I don't think that Calgary's in it. I feel like even last night, Gaudreau and Monaghan, once again invisible, and the only guy you really had eyes for on the ice was Matthew Kachuk because he's just a jewel. And the better Kachuk brother. Sorry, Suns fans. So it really just makes things come full circle. I didn't like the way that Calgary's defense was playing last night either. I felt like, yes, okay, they were playing McDavid. Yes, okay, they were playing Dreisaitl. But at the same time, like, Shifley, Liney, Wheeler, Ellers, no pushovers. And I would, I would argue far deeper offensively. And if they had trouble just containing those two lines from Edmonton, I cannot see Calgary staying past, uh, staying past uh, Winnipeg. I honestly think Winnipeg takes this series. But I think this won't be... Uh, run and done series. I think this will still be Winnipeg in four. Interesting. Um, I guess there's a lot of uh, big plays here, a lot of different things that could be played. I mean, we have to talk about Ellers too. I mean, like that could be a real Ellers question. is to me the X factor. I mean, because he Wheeler has, is he, what is it, something like 21 games he hasn't scored in a playoff yep. series? Sorry. Yep. That's yep. A- if he actually decides that he wants him and he's going to play this, I foresee some serious magic because then but that means you're, you're you're sorry go ahead but that means that the backland line is going to remove like they won't know who to put him against because they only have one real shutdown line let's call a spade a spade um and i'd have more confidence right now in guys like manjapane and, and brady kachuk uh sorry um matthew kachuk than i would uh, goudreau or monahan at this point and i think that there's a serious um anxiety for the Calgary Flames for these players to start producing because these are guys they built their entire rebuild around great season, regular season players. But when it comes to the playoffs, they're always no shows. So it's going to be very interesting to see what happens in terms of their net presence. Things don't look good for, for Riddick right now. I honestly mm-hmm. don't think that he's, he's going to wind up being there. I think it might wind up being Talbot uh, that starts the first game. I think, you're right. And I, but I mean, you're just talking about, oh, we're talking about Ellers and before. And I mean, it, it's going to be that combination play between Liney and Eakin that really, it has to sing if, if it's going to be anything rare. So I'm going to throw it over to you, uh, Adam. Tell me about Hellebuck. You got to tell me about this man. What Two and eight in the last 10 playoff starts. Dark contrast to what he's had in his three regular seasons where he's put up the second most winning uh, record for a netminder. What I does mean, Hellebuck have to do? Well, I mean, obviously he has to win, but he has what to win think? for sure. <laughs> he's uh, as of now, he's making me think of uh, 
a bit of a Pecorini type of goalie, Ooh, you know. Pecorini. Very good. If only he had the defense that Pecorini had in front of him. Yeah, right. Exactly. That's the thing. So for this series, I really like, I like Winnipeg. I like everything that Marco said, but they just don't have the defense. I mean, they have Morrissey that's very solid. They added the mellow, uh, which is a very good defense. Uh, they they also have Piong that's been doing pretty well since the trade. But I mean, he's no, he's uh, all offense, no defense, in my opinion. Um, yeah, I think Hellebuck has to steal games again. Um, I mean, even if he steals a couple of game, I don't see uh, I don't see Calgary topping them if he if he plays like he did in his uh, regular seasons season appearance because um, as Marco said I don't, I don't think Riddick's the guy for Calgary uh, in, in those play-ins and I don't think Talbot's going to steal any games on, on this side so alright so I'm, let's get to the yeah. meat and potatoes let's get that prediction Adam what are you thinking you're, you're looking leading hard in the Calgary direction aren't you yeah it was initially Calgary in five now I'm very, I'm doubting my pick, but I'll stick with it. I'll go Calgary in five. Calgary in five. All right. Yeah. Marco, what do you think in this particular match? I think it's Winnipeg in four. I honestly, I think you're looking at the Vesna winner in, in Connor Hellebuck, arguably an MVP candidate, but obviously you don't give that to goalies because it's not as cool anymore. Too bad. Uh, I don't know that Winnipeg would be, I think Winnipeg would, would have missed out on the, uh, on oh, first of all, I'd like to thank the Winnipeg Jets for sucking as much as they did because their <laughs> slotted team is the only reason that Lafreniere is going to a plain loser. So <laughs> go Jets. And I specifically want the Jets to win so they don't get Lafreniere. But that probably means that Calgary would. I'm on record saying Calgary is going to win Lafreniere if they lose. Okay. Well, uh, we definitely have that on record. I'm going to go with... Uh... Oh God, I'm going to say Jets in five. Sorry, Adam. I just, I think the Jets will take it in this particular series, but we'll see again. Maybe the Flames will go on an 89 run. You never know. Liverpool won the league this year, so maybe (laughs) we'll see. Uh, In any case, let's move over to something else completely different. Now, the battle in the south of the United States between the Arizona Coyotes and the National Predators that's taking place nowhere near the United States. It's taking place in Canada. Of course, I want to talk about this series so much. Let's talk about it. Um, Let me throw it over to you, Marco. What do you think is going to be coming down here? It's going to be a question of... Will, what will this Taylor Hall do? It's going to be. Okay. This is going to be hands down the most boring series of all time. <laughs> Sorry, in case it you wasn't ob- two- in case it wasn't obvious, I was being sarcastic. We went from the best series where all three of us disagreed, and we all are super excited for that hockey. And now this Fred series, it's a question of Taylor Hall versus a goalie who can carry the load. This is going to be making old time hockey fans wet because all that's going to happen is they're going to beat the holy shit out of each other. Uh, high tempo. High high tempo hits for two offensively inept clubs this year, and to like, I'm sorry, but your offensive structure really sucks if you can turn Phil Kessel and 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 Taylor Hall into non point per game wingers. Like you suck, and I stand by it. Arizona sucks. They play hockey like the Devils of of, of the turn of the century. Twenty seven points in thirty five games though, but only three goals in his final nineteen games. Look, all I'm going to tell you, I have zero faith in in the Arizona Coyotes. I feel like with everything that's going on right now with the organization, there's too much distraction going on. Um, 
There's a lot of con- the Taylor Hall contract talks. Um, they're a team that's up against the cap as well, specifically for next year with players to sign, including Taylor Hall. Um, and I really don't think they have the defensive, uh, the offensive ability to get by a team with as much experience on their own blue line as the uh, Nashville Predators. I mean, just having Yossi and Ryan Ellis as a shutdown pair, like, good night. Oh, did I mention that Matthias Ekholm is playing on the second pairing? Like, there's nothing that they're going to be able to do. Even Jared Tenorti looks like he's going to be able to handle his own team better than his old team's going to be able to handle them. The only real question mark for me, really, is will Nashville's offense actually wake up? Because if we look at the regular season, Matt Duchesne was an incredible, incredible underperforming winner. Uh, Philip Forsberg was okay. Uh, Ryan Johansson was incredibly underwhelming. Uh, and unfortunately, Arvidsson was off and on injured and really couldn't find his flow. So who led the Predators in scoring? Why, right, uh, Mr. Yossi. It's going to come down to it. Will Yossi be able to take over games? Will Rene be able to withstand having more than 15 shots against the game? Those are your two factors. You don't think Saros competes with him for, in the pipes? No. No, I think the, the the Predators know that this is their last shot at, with this core to go forward. The flat cap has really destroyed any... Like, I, I don't think they're re-signing Mikhail Granlin, for example. Like, he's going to free agency. They're going to lose some guys, and they're going to be forced to make some trades just to stay under the cap. Interesting. Let me throw it over to you, Adam. Uh, obviously, the most... <laughs> Boring series on the plate, uh, but I'll still watch it, uh, the highlights at least. Uh, but, I mean, what are you thinking? What, what, what do fans need to know? Honestly, I, I agree with everything Marco said, but I love the Coyotes, uh, honestly. <laughs> so we, we know, as Marco stated, we, you have no goaltending whatsoever in, in, in Nashville unless Rene stands on, the, on his head and comes back to his old self. Yeah, he's got to be that 2018 Vesna cons- like winner. Exactly. Right? I don't think Saros has it at all. Uh, and on the other side, you have Kwemper and you have Ranta, who whoever may start, I love the duo, is I think two very good goaltenders if they can stay healthy. Um also on defense, you have Yossi, you have Ellis, you have Ekholm on Nashville, but you also have Ekman Larson and uh, a couple young defensemen on, on the Coyotes that could also I love, surprise. I love how he had to pause to figure out who else was there other than Ekman Larson. <laughs> that goes to show that Adam is trying to do his due diligence, but the reality is they suck. But no, I do like Jacob Chitrin. It's just he's soft as glass. And Jalmerson is in the twilights of his career. I mean, I have so to agree I, I with just, that. I don't see um, it. And you got that goaltending duo. Oh, that that goaltending duo, man. If they Let's can stay healthy, I mean. If they can stay healthy. But that's a know, big if. Ranta, he might do the splits and tear his friggin' shoulder for all I know. Like, mm. it's that's how soft this guy is. So yeah, I really but, don't know. And, but yeah, honestly, I think it comes down to which offense can get the hardest. Uh, we know For, uh, Forsberg's going to bring his A game. We know Johansson uh, could. We know Duchesne can. Uh, will they? And on the other side, can Hall and Kessel rebound from what, what's what been mostly a horrible season uh, stats-wise yeah, for well, them? The other thing I'd like to point out, and it's kind of been under dis- like not discussed as much, the better transition team between the two is undoubtedly 
undoubtedly the Nashville Predators. The only thing that Phoenix, or sorry, Arizona is better at than, than, than Nashville really is, is, is clogging up the neutral zone. It's a classic Rick Tockett way of coaching where he just clogs up that neutral zone and hopes for a quick counterattack. The problem being is that the fastest players on the Nashville Predators play on defense. So I don't know, man. Good luck to them. But I think that Arizona was a team that peaked before the rest of the league was ready to compete in October and November and into early December made a very questionable trade for Taylor Hall, which is pretty much going to guarantee New Jersey a top 10 pick. Hopefully they don't win the lottery. I I don't, I don't see it. I really, 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 really do not see it. Um, Ultimately for me, I don't think they have the, the, the combo. If they're smart, they go with Darcy Kemper, but uh, honestly, I see a Smashville in three on this one. Ooh, Smashville in three. You got a prediction on the meat and potatoes. Adam, what are you thinking here? You, You said you're a Yotes fan. Yeah, I'll go Arizona in five. Arizona in five. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna split the difference. I'm gonna say uh, Preds in four. The Preds in four. That's I was my thought in the first place. I think that's pretty accurate. Now let's move to a, a, another side of the conference. Uh, Minnesota Wild versus the Vancouver Canucks. Hello again. Welcome back to the playoffs. Uh, oh so. I think the biggest question here, and I'm going to throw it out to you, Adam, first, is uh, it's about the Canucks, and it's can those young guns fire? It's, I mean, you have Peterson, you have Bozer, you have Hughes. They're all young and they're hungry. They are the envy of many teams because they're going to be great players over the long term. What do you think happens here? Yeah, I think you laid it down perfectly. I think can the Canucks' young core bring... Uh, their best play into those planes. Uh, I love Besser. I love Peterson. Even Godet showed he's he's a very good player this year. And even in camp, he looked pretty good. Uh, but I think I once again we have to throw it back. Can Jacob Markstrom come back now that he's healthy? Can he come back to what he he brought this season for Vancouver? And also, I mean, if you flip it to Minnesota to the Wild, I think it's their series to steal. Uh, I like the Wild, but no, I think if, if, as we said, Vancouver's young players can bring it, I think they have no chance whatsoever. Damn. So uh, I'm, not, I'm not totally sold on just the young kids, and this is going to get real fun. Okay. So I honestly think that the Vancouver Canucks are going to absolutely smoke the Minnesota Wild right out of the friggin' oven. And is that because of Tyler Toffoli? And that's because of the veterans on that team, the young veterans on that team, not because of the kids. And I will give you exactly my reasoning. No one has mentioned Bo Horvat. Nobody has mentioned Tyler Toffoli. And above all, nobody mentioned JT Miller. JT Miller. Those are your three guys that are going to make absolute noise in this series. Why? Because nobody can defend these guys. Nobody on Minnesota's roster can defend them. Prime Miko Koivu, probably. Current Miko Koivu, you know, great career, no chance in hell. These are guys that are going to be running roughshod on that defense, specifically on the right-hand side, where I think personally uh, they will be weaker because Matt Dumba, you know, Spurgeon, Suter... Um, even Brodeen, uh, it's a good top four. It's not a very organized top four on defense. And I feel like that will always be their shortcomings. 
I feel like the depth at forward for Minnesota simply isn't there. Uh, Zach Parise has got to go to God mode like he was in New Jersey uh, for it to be even worth uh, a scratch. Had the Minnesota Wild had access to uh, Kaprizov, their top prospect, I'd be seeing potentially a different tune here. But if you look at Vancouver's top nine right now, you'll have a line of JT Miller, Pedersen, and Toffoli. And then on, on, the, on the second line, you have a combination of Horvat, uh, Pearson, and, uh, and Besser. That is a beautiful top six. And then on the third line, you still have a combo of you name whoever they want to put there. But essentially, Gaudet is their third line center. It's just gravy at this point. Uh, their defense is the only thing that really worries me in Vancouver. That is the huge issue. Because yes, you know, Quinn Hughes can, can put up points, especially secondary assists. Sorry, Canuck fans. But when it comes to playing defense, especially during the stretch, Quinn Hughes was absolutely horrendous. But don't get me wrong, Tyler Myers was utterly worse. So really it comes down to will Alex Edler be able to calm down his troops because to me he is the true leader of that defensive core. Um, they don't have access to uh, Jack Rathbone, which they signed on their ELC this year. So really they're going with the same defensive core. Um, will Jacob Markstrom play well? I think he's motivated too. He's in a contract year. We've discussed this. So in my opinion, I think we're going to go Vancouver Canucks in five. Okay. Nobody here has brought up the Wilds X Factor, right? The Swiss Bliss. I mean, this guy has not looked like he is a player that we haven't seen on, with the Wild since like Marion Gabrick, right? So why? I mean, he put up 26 points, 14 goals. Fiala put up, and I mean, at what point do you? I mean, you're just you're just willing to contend that it's just not going to make a difference in this playoff series? I think Kevin Fiala is the offensive guy that they're going to be shutting down. I think because he's the Fiala, only guy. <laughs> I, I think that Kevin Fiala is literally going to be the guy that Bo, Hor- Bo Horvat's line is going to be stuck against. When they shut down and play the uh, uh, that that two way five on five possession destruction team that they are, the way that that line works, there's there's no hope in hell for Fiala because that guy needs room and space to make his plays. I like him as a player individually, but as a as a line. I just don't feel like the Wild are there to properly compliment him, to utilize him to the best of his ability. Also, he's not been known for being a very good playoff player. So I I hope that he's one of the driving factors that pushes this series beyond a three-game series. Uh, but I think the inexperience on both sides is going to be a, a pretty big issue. Certainly. And I mean, Stalick doesn't really uh, inspire confidence. I mean, he's done a no, very good job. Dubnik. Not, well, Dubnik, just Dubnik. I mean, he just forgot how to play hockey. So. Well, I mean, I think he was more a flash in the pan of their system than anything else. I think that when they were at the height of their system, he was a very well-protected goalie. Still a 33-year-old to put up 20 wins and 38 starts. There's That's a lot. Oh, my God. I mean, first, we're a guy who, oh, I mean, yeah, again. All right, so let's get those predictions out. Meat and potatoes time. Uh, Adam, what are you thinking? Uh, I'll go Vancouver so in four. Sorry? Vancouver in four. Vancouver I mean, in four. Yeah. Damn. I'm going to go with Vancouver in five. And I know that you're going to be like, well, why are you giving Minnesota credit? I'm not, but I'm discrediting the defense. On Vancouver. <laughs> I really don't like that defense. So you think you think they'll get for ahead? I of think this Vancouver round, gets but, into the playoffs and then bounces. And then it's going to be no, and then it's going to be Mr. MVP himself, the guy who was robbed of the heart this year, Mr. Elias Pettersson, mm-hmm. who is going to have to take this team on his shoulders. 
All right. Uh, I'm agreeing. I think it will be the Knucks in this particular situation. And I do Praise think it'll, sun, it will be. Because then they lose their first round pick to New Jersey. <laughs> and uh, we'll, it will be uh, about, I think it'll be in four games. I think it's, uh, I don't think it'll go to five. Oh my God, uh, we're on agreement. Yeah, we're pretty much in agreement on this one. Uh, again, like I said, this is a reasonable round. Nobody's going to get really out upsetting in the thing. Let's bring it to the last series to discuss. That's the Jackets versus the Leafs. Uh, we didn't talk about Dallas, dude. Did we not talk about Dallas? No. Okay, well, we'll get to Dallas afterwards. Sorry, excuse me about that. But uh, let's talk about Columbus Blue Jackets versus the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, A grit team, a torts effect, lots of storylines at play. I'm going to throw it over to you, Marco. What are you thinking for this series first? So yesterday on the uh, Sportsnet, on Sportsnet, which is, as we know, uh, Toronto Network, uh, they were doing one of two things. One um, they were propping up, as many Leaf fans do, Nick Robertson as the next coming of like Alexander Ovechkin meets like Sergei Fedorov. Uh, so, and I, uh, someone to keep an eye on that third line. I think that the Kerfoot, Kapanen, Robertson third line is going to really be the difference maker for the Leafs when it comes to depth matchup. I don't think that the Columbus Blue Jackets have the depth to keep up with the Toronto Maple Leafs. Like, if Montreal doesn't have the offensive depth to keep up with the Leafs, I don't think that. Uh, the Columbus Blue Jackets are anywhere near. The only thing that they have going for them is their style of play. It is the style of play that can be used to beat a team like the Leafs. If you can physically intimidate the Leafs, they will shut down. Ultimately, they will shut down. This is why they paid so much to go and get a guy like Kyle Clifford. This is why they paid so much last year to go and get a guy like Jake Muzzin because they have Leaf fans have been bemoaning and talking about the lack of physicality on this club. And... Out of 20 dressed players, I think maybe 18 uh, are what I would consider to be like soft-ish players. So if you want to get Toronto off its game, play exactly the way you played against Tampa Bay last year. Although obviously you're missing like three quarters of your stars. One thing that I will say for Columbus is that I heard through through Grapevines and interviews that right now the young players that belong to Columbus are being asked to take on higher roles. You look at Alexandre Texier, you look at uh, Liam Foodie. These are guys that are young players, 18, 19, 20 years old, that are being thrust into top nine situations uh, to be seen as uh, a counter to the speed and youth of the Toronto Maple Leafs. That's the first time I've ever seen that in my life. However, flip side, if you look at Columbus's defensive core, holy shit. That is a top four that would absolutely blow anybody out of the water. Seth Jones, Zach Wierenski, David Savard, Nutivara, Ryan Murray. So really, I think the Leafs are going to have their hands full uh, trying to get around that defense. All right, Adam, what do you think in this particular setup? I think Toronto takes it. I mean, if their top six um, is as dominant as it should be, uh, I think and Anderson plays solid in net. I think it's a no-brainer, but then again, you have on Columbus, you have the Tortorella effect. He's been known to... to he's going to yell the puck into the net? I don't get it. I mean, he's taken this team who had arguably no one this year, and he's, he's made it into now a playoff team. Play-in team, actually. Play-in team, yeah, because yeah. they weren't going to qualify. And I don't know. I think they've they've kind of surprised all year. I think they have their X factor could be a net for Columbus. Uh, they have Elvis, who's uh, who's been very solid all year. 
I think if they have a chance to win, they have to stick their style of play and they have to have very solid goaltending. I just want Toronto to win. I've never that said is that the, in my life. Okay, it's such a weird thing to say. Toronto, I just want Toronto. I just love in Toronto would just destroy me. Yeah, it would be pretty awful. Uh, yeah, Toronto beating the Jackets would be a very nice, sweet surprise. Uh, and then, not, like, if, if Columbus not, not loses, excuse me. how much money you want to put that Columbus is the one that winds up? <laughs> Probably. Very, <laughs> that would be the classic it. league thing to do. You were aggressive yeah. last year and literally sold all of your future. Here's a superstar. <laughs> All right, so that covers the NHL qualifying round. Uh, do you guys want to talk briefly for a few seconds on the uh, seeding games, or do you want to just leave that round robin for another day? Talk about Dallas. You want to talk about l- Dallas? Let's cover both, actually. All right. Well, we didn't, we didn't talk about Dallas and... Um, the Knights. And the Golden Knights. And also no, the wait. Avalanche and no, uh, the they're, Blues. They're, they're playing right in the seeding, though. They're playing in the seeding. Okay, so we did right. do well, Moss. Yeah, so we did. Well, I mean... Do I personally? You, you freaked like, me out because you said like I was like I was like I missed the playoff. I was like no, I just I have I just have one thing that I want to say. I really hope Vegas loses early. <laughs> yeah, I'm just joking. Please, 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 Vegas beat St. Louis. If, as long as St. Louis gets eliminated in the first or second round, I'm happy. Yeah, that's all I got to say. All right, final thoughts for the show. I'm going to throw it over to you, Adam. What's your final things that you want to take away to people to think about for this weekend? Like, first game back, right? I mean, like, first real hockey we've seen in a long time. I mean, enjoy it. <laughs> I mean, this is the first, <laughs> nice. first real hockey games we're getting in months. I mean, that it's going to be awesome, and I think uh, I think we have great series on our hands for sure. Splendid. Marco, what are you thinking? Final thoughts? This is the longest I've ever gone without sports in my entire life. So please enjoy it. Savor it. Remember and, and, and watch knowing how important this is for you and, and what it does to your psyche. Uh, enjoy the on ice product and keep an eye on, uh, keep an eye out for those kids. I feel like this is going to be a young man's playoffs because of the fact that it's just stop and go right out of the bat. So I'm really expecting a lot of coming out parties. Um, so it's going to be really fun to discover these new stars and hopefully they can take that momentum into their careers when things start up again in December. It's hockey, ladies and gentlemen, and we should all be excited to have it back. It's a distraction from what's happening in our world at the moment, and I hope everyone stays safe and follows all the procedures, wear a mask, do all the right things. Thanks very much for joining us on the first, the inaugural episode of The Hockey Flow. Probably should have said the show name right at the start, but I think I did, but it doesn't matter if we didn't. This is the start. We're riding out the kinks. Thanks so much for joining us through our journey. Of course, you can find the amazing work of Adam Boucher on Twitter. Adam, shout out your Twitter handle, please. So it's really Adam B, all in one word. So really Adam B, all one word. And of course, Marco D'Amico, ScribbingStats.com. Shout out your Twitter handle, Marco. At the Hockey Expert. At the Hockey Expert. Let's go from there. Thanks so much again for hanging out with us today on the podcast. More great content coming your way in the hockey world. We're going to start building this up as we go along. Again, Marco's had a lot of experience in this world for a couple of years now. Uh, ScribbingStats.com and obviously uh, the Box Score, which is our old podcast that we used to work on as well. So, looking forward to the great growth that happens here and more importantly, the, uh, the game on ice. So everyone, take care. Have a great weekend. Let's enjoy the hockey. 